Welcome to podcast number 101 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series dealing with generosity. The title of the series is God's Generosity, What's in It for Us? Now, stay with me. That is not a self-centered, selfish title. It's one that helps us to understand the benefits that God has for His people and how we can be in alignment with His Word, with His direction to receive the generosity of our God. So with that, today's particular podcast is entitled Generosity in the Local Church. So with that, let's pray before we get started. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity once again to get into your word, to, Father, speak to these people who have tuned in today. I pray that you would bless them and open up their ears to receive, Lord, what you have for them. Father, what I prepared, Lord, I believe is important, Father, but more importantly, Father, is what you want to be said in this podcast and which you want your people to hear and which you want me to say, Father. So I now submit to the Holy Spirit and ask for the divine intervention of your Spirit. And I pray that there would be a blessing upon all those who are listening in today. I believe we have something special, Father, because we're opening up your word. And every time we do that, Father, the blessing of the Lord, the generosity of the Lord comes forth. I thank you for it now. Guide and direct all that we say and do. And we'll be careful, Lord, to give you all the praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I promise to bring to you something that will either increase or clarify your understanding of the local church and God's generosity. In addition to that, I want you to imagine what it would be like to attend a church that receives so much from the congregation and so many blessings from the Lord that they're able to meet every need that ever comes up. They're able to reach out to their community, to hurting people, and to do whatever God places upon their heart. I believe that can come to pass in the local church, and I'm going to call it forth in Jesus' name. So get ready now. We're going to get into his word and see how God wants his church to be blessed and how he wants us to be a part of that. Before I get started, I want you to know that the notes that I have and the outline that I've prepared comes from a book that I've written entitled Generosity, What's in It for Me? And there is a chapter in there dealing with the local church. So I believe the Lord is going to use this and I've taken a few thoughts and ideas and some things that I believe will be a blessing to you today. So let me just get right into it right now. You know, when we address the local church and generosity, it's really one of the main reasons that I felt led to do a podcast on the local church dealing with generosity. Now, as a Christian for most of my life and being a business owner and a corporate executive, a parent, a pastor, and someone who's been involved with ministry for pretty much all my life, I've been blessed with a plethora of experiences about how people view the neighborhood church and how they feel about it. Now, all of us have looked for a new church at one time or another in our life, and working as a banker, it caused my family and I to move from city to city in Arizona. Therefore, we needed to find a new church with each move. And as we visited a potential church home for our family, my wife and I needed to find a church that would meet three of our basic needs. First, did this church teach according to our beliefs? Second, what areas of ministering to our family did they have? And third, where could we help? Now, that may there may be another way to say that, and that is, what's in that church for us? What's in that church for our family? There's nothing wrong to think that way because we went there to serve and have our family blessed at the same time. My dear pastor, Pastor Tommy Barnett, had a book that he's written and a ministry that has been led by one of the concept is find a need and fill it. So we went to that church looking for a need that it had and we knew that God would use us to fill that. Now that means that we can see where we could help the church rather than find ways to 
critique the church or analyze the church or find fault with the church. We went there for the sole reason to ask the Lord, is there something that we can do to bless the work of the Lord, to bless this church and to bless the kingdom? Now, when we did that, we didn't realize that we were setting ourselves up to receive God's generosity. I was not in that to help out just so God could bless me. I didn't realize at the time, though, if we bless the work of the Lord, the Lord himself will bless us, will bless our families, will bless our businesses, will bless our work, will bless our health. I believe will bless every area of our life. And that's one way that we can receive God's blessing is to reach out and help the local church. You know, one reason that Christians change churches in America every three or four years is due to their motives in choosing a church. I believe that most ask only one question, what's in this thing for me? Now that question must never be our only concern in selecting a church. Far better approach would be to see how we can generously help this potential church that we selected to attend. This reminds me of when our family moved to Sierra Vista. It was a little town of a population of about 30,000. Now, some of you people might think that 30,000 is a gigantic town, but I live in the area of Phoenix, the metropolitan area of Phoenix, which has somewhere around 5 million people here. So I think that 30,000 is kind of a small city. And we were moving from the huge metropolitan area of Phoenix. Sierra Vista had its primary source of existence from Fort Huachuca, which was an army communications fort. This was the second largest communications center in America for the army, and it was located in southeast Arizona. Now our family of four went out looking for a church. As we drove up to a small church in the town of Fry, Arizona, it's a township in the middle of the city of Sierra Vista, I noticed several things about the facilities that I did not like. The grounds were unkept and needed serious landscaping attention. The building needed paint and the large entry doors looked like they had not been attended to for decades. They looked terrible. As my wife and I sat in front of the church, all we could think about was how much work it needed. We figured if the outside looked that bad, the inside must be a real mess. I know we had a bad attitude. I'm admitting that right up front. We both knew we were not to judge a book by its cover. However, you should have seen that terrible cover. My thoughts ran a little wild. What kind of Christians are these people if they can't pull a few weeds or cut some grass? After all, this was Saturday afternoon and the church needs to be as clean as possible for Sunday. What must this community think of with the appearance of that church? You know, that's what was running through my mind. I kept thinking, this this has got to be a problem. So I just don't know. I'm not sure if we ought to be here. I just kind of felt like we were just going to make a mistake if we went there. Now, looking back, I got to admit that I became very critical of what I saw and it was wrong. Now to think that I was upset with people whom I had never met it certainly didn't reflect very well on my Christianity and my attitude in my heart. From the standpoint of what's in it for me, there was nothing in that church for us. As we drove away, I felt a still, quiet voice tell me about my negative attitude. You see, the Holy Spirit was talking to me, and I didn't particularly want to listen. I'll admit it. That voice continued to correct my thinking. The voice was a still, quiet whisper of the Holy Spirit. And it was saying to me something like this. Why don't you give what you have to that church? Why don't you be a blessing instead of looking to be blessed? Now stop in the car. I asked my wife Sharon how she felt about attending that church. And she said something like, well, a little paint and grass would make a big difference. Now that is when I felt that maybe the Lord had sent us to this place to give generously into it rather than think about what was in it for us. 
Now, the next morning, this is an interesting story, so I'm going to stay on this. The next morning, we took our family to this worn-down little country chapel. After all, I was from Phoenix, a big city, you know, with its beautiful church facilities and grounds. But maybe now, just maybe, we could help out this poor little place. Obviously, come on, I was, I was wrong. At first, I was approaching that situation totally incorrectly. Now, as we walked inside that church, we could see wooden pews that were old and worn. That place was well used and old, but it was very clean. The children's area was tattered, but clean. After the service, we were surrounded by people who wanted to welcome us. You know, they wanted their church to be our church. These people were loving and kind and generous, and they paid so much attention to us and were so kind to us. Now, my thoughts of what's in this place for me were answered that very, very first Sunday. We had never seen a kinder group of Christians. Now, they invited us to come back to the evening service. Back in those days, most churches had a Sunday morning service, and they had an evening service and a Wednesday service, and that's just the way it was in church. And those were really great times. As we were leaving that morning service, we met their pastor. His name was Pastor Stoll. What a wonderful guy. And his wife. They literally blew us away with their humble yet confident presence. They were very kind, loving people. I could sense the Holy Spirit working in their life, and I could see a blessing from God, a generous blessing from God for what we really needed, and that was a relationship with good church people in a good local church where we could be a part of it and contribute to it and make that our church home. These people, pastors and these people in the church, literally blew us away. We know with their 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 kindness. I mean, just so, so real. The pastor invited us to have coffee after that evening service so we could, you know, kind of get to know each other a little bit. Now, on our way home, Sharon and I knew this was the house of worship for our family. Now, suddenly, I thought of all the things we could do to help this small congregation of about 30 members. I always said this church had had 30 members for 30 years, and of course, that wasn't a very nice thing to say, but nonetheless, I had to get an attitude adjustment, and the Holy Spirit was there to adjust my attitude. Now, you know, some of us want to get the blessings of the Lord, but I think sometimes our attitude needs to be adjusted in order to receive God's abundant generosity. I believe that. I believe a lot of people sit around picking apart the church and instead of seeing what they could do for the church, all they want to know is what can the church do for us. And see, that attitude will never bring forth the blessing to the Lord. You see, when we look at the church and we say, we're here to do something for the Lord, for these people, to be with these people and make a difference in our community and reach out to the kingdom of God. When we have that attitude, it opens up the winds of heaven. And I believe God will pour out a generous gift to us. And that's what happened to us as we stayed in that church. And I'll tell you a story a little longer because something truly amazing happened in that church. And I believe it'll make an impact on your life. This would be a good time to point out some of the scriptures that have to do with the house of God. Psalm 26 and verse 8. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Some of you will remember the story of Jesus when he went into the temple and they were gambling and selling and marketing things. And they basically turned it into a terrible place. And he went into the in that sanctuary, into that temple. And he says, you guys have made this thing uh, a den of thieves. And it's found in John chapter 3. And he says, 
Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And then right after that in verse 17 in John 2, 17, it says, Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. Now, you know, we don't hear that part of that. We hear the story about Jesus going into the house of the Lord and basically telling them that they've messed up the house of the Lord. They've turned into a market of thieves. And basically, that's what we listen to. But then if you look at it, his disciples were reminded of the scripture that says, passage for God's house will consume me. And how many people go to church and you don't think about that? You don't think that our compassion can be consumed. Now, it's just, it's not the house. It's not the sticks. It's not the stones. It's not the the, the robes. It's not the uh, flooring. It's not the seats. It's not all those things. The passion we're talking about is the Spirit of God that dwells in His house. And when the Spirit of God dwells in a house, then we want to bless that house. When the Holy Spirit moves in a service and people are touched and they worship the Lord, and they, they, they lift up holy hands unto God and they give him praise and worship. That's a blessing from the Lord. That's how God blesses his house. When people are there and they feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they're not Christians and then they repent and they ask God to forgive them and they ask their, for God to cleanse them of their sins and they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You see, that's another one of God's gifts of prosperity to his church. God wants to pour out his generosity on the church and he does that through his spirit. So when we see the house of God, when we see a church, we better not think about the color of the carpet and whether we like it or not. We better not think about like we did, like my wife and I did. We looked at the outside and said, you know, it's not being kept up very well. We need to look at that and say, Lord, where can I be of value here? Where can I be a blessing? And then not even ask that God will bless us, but as soon as we become a blessing to the local church, I believe it opens up the windows of heaven. I believe that God wants to pour out a blessing for us when we bless his house because when we bless the local church, I believe God then looks at us and says, there's people I can trust. There are people right there that I want to pour out a blessing for, and we will receive God's generosity. I believe it. I've seen it in my life in the and in the lives of thousands of other people. You can tell from my energy and my excitement about the house of God, how strongly I feel about supporting the local church and doing everything we can to bless the work of the Lord in the neighborhood church. Let me get back to my story now about when we were coming home after meeting these great people in that church that wasn't in very good condition, but we could see the hearts of these wonderful people. On the way home that night, I started thinking about all the things that we could do to help all these people and that what we could do to clean it up and make it so nice. My wife and I started to make a list of all the items that needed attention. Now, within a couple of weeks, the outside appearance was clean and fresh appearing. The grass was cut and all the weeds had been removed and it was really looking nice and people in the surrounding area started coming over to the church and saying, what's happening here? Something special is happening here. You know, Sharon and I asked the pastor if we could do some painting and landscaping and staining of the front doors and of course he said, you go for it, go ahead and do it. And that we, we knew that, we, we really knew that if something special was going to take place in that church, we had to make it presentable so that those who don't know the Lord, those who don't know the, the love of God will be attracted to the church just because of its appearance and the fact that it's there and it's well cared for. Now, the Lord challenged us to do whatever the church needed. Now, I'm not really much of a handyman, so but, but we had to volunteer anyway. So we volunteered our time and our finances in as generous a way as we possibly could. I mean, I was the new banker in town. I had been given a nice promotion. I was making a nice salary. Now, when I say a nice salary, back in those days, you'd be amazed at what was considered a nice salary. But nonetheless, we wanted to bless the work of the Lord there. Now, overnight, with the pastor's blessing, that's so important that you get the pastor's blessing. We became youth teachers, 
My wife and I got involved in everything that was going on in the church. She became involved in the women's ministries, and I started up a new men's ministry. And soon the pastor asked me to serve on the church board. Now, within a couple of months, I became the worship leader. Now, I was not a worship leader. I, I had a rock band, but that certainly was when I wasn't a Christian. But God was making things available to us. Now, that made Sharon and I think back on when I was a singer in my rock and roll days. And it, totally different songs. Instead of singing, I want to hold your hand, I would sing about the blood of Jesus and how powerful it is. And when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And those were great songs and a great time. Now, one time I had some fun with the pastor and I told him that I wanted to sing a Rolling Stones song on Sunday. He looked at me kind of funny and he says, uh, uh, who are the Rolling Stones? <laughs> pastor Stoll was raised to only listen to Christian music and to avoid rock music altogether. So he didn't know what I was talking about, but he thought my band experience would be a blessing as long as we sing Christian worship songs. Now, my fond memories, boy, I had fond memories of that place. Pastor Stoll blessed my heart. And to this day, I think of the blessings that he was to my wife and I. Now, all we wanted to do was to be his servants to this wonderful pastor. The Holy Spirit directed all of our activities and he blessed them beyond our wildest imagination. And then one day, this is amazing, Pastor Stoll asked me to preach the Sunday message. Well, I'd never done anything like that in church. And so I accepted his offer and very nervous and then questioned myself as to why in the world did I agree to that so quickly. When I told my wife that the pastor had asked me to speak, she told me that, that I'd do just great. Of course, she was always such an encourager, and that's why our marriage has been so great. It was easy for her to say she wasn't going to have to stand in front of the congregation and preach. I had to. So we prayed together, and I started looking for a message in the Bible. The Holy Spirit directed me to a passage of Scripture found in Romans 8 and verse 30. I'll read it out of the New International Version. I'm just I'm giving you this story in detail because I want you to think about what you could do in a local church and the impact that you could make. In Romans 8, 30, it says this, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. That passage is saying is, God qualifies the called. I was called to be at that church. The pastor spoke to me and I believe the Holy Spirit told him to speak to me and I was called to speak at that church. And But I wasn't qualified. But then I read that scripture and I thought, oh boy, God's going to help me through this thing and he's going to bless it. And he's going to once again pour out his generosity upon his servant so that I would be able to do what he's called me to do there. Now, those of you, there's those out there listening to this who are saying, boy, this is a long story. I wonder why you're telling the whole story. Well, there's a, an amazing end to this and I, I'm going to stay in it until I complete it. But I just want to stop here for a second and say, if you're wondering about what you could do in the local church and how you could be a blessing, but you don't feel qualified, I can tell you right now, God will qualify you. He'll bring you to a point where you'll be able to do what you feel is on your heart. I don't believe God calls anyone into ministry without qualifying them, meaning without making them available to learn from the Word of God and send the Holy Spirit to interpret those things in the Word of God that we need to know in order to be able to perform the responsibilities or duties that we've been called to in the local church. And if you're in that spot today and you feel like there's things you'd like to do, but you don't feel you're really ready yet, you need to step out in faith, go to your pastor and talk to them and tell them, I want to be used. I want to be a blessing to the church. I want to express my generosity in, in my time and my efforts to bless the work of the Lord. Now that verse gave me peace. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God would qualify me to speak to our new church. Now, to be honest with you, I don't remember much about my first message, except for Pastor Stoll bragging to me about how great my message was. 
Now, during my first worship service there, and I'm gonna, this is a very important part of this message when you talk about being obedient to the Lord to give generously to the Lord. I'm not talking about money here. I'm talking about give generously of your time and who you are and our talents to the Lord. This is a very important part of that. But during my first worship song service, when I was the worship leader, something incredible acts happened that day. In the middle of one song, the Holy Spirit impressed on me in a still, quiet voice to stop the singing and to invite people to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. I stopped the singing and I held everything, and people looked at me kind of funny, like, what's going on? And I looked over towards Pastor Stoll. He was sitting over there with a big smile on his face. He was only about 10 or 15 feet from me. And I asked him if it would be okay to do an altar call right now. He smiled at me, and he said, go to it. Go right ahead. So not knowing what I was going to say and what was going to happen next, I asked Pastor Stoll's wife, the piano player, to stop playing, and that we can then talk to the congregation and invite them to, to come to know the Lord. So I looked at the congregation, and I said something like this. I probably said something like, everyone close your eyes and bow your heads. That's when I told them there were two women in this service who had never given their heart to the Lord. Now remember, there's only about 30 people in the church. One was a young woman, and I said, and the other is a little older. Now the church became very silent, wondering what was going to happen next. And of course, I was wondering what was going to happen next to me myself. Now what do I do? That's when I felt the Holy Spirit impress me to tell these two ladies that today is their day to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. Now that was interesting because I didn't know who they were, which two ladies. Actually, who in the world was out there, I quite frankly didn't know what I was going to say or do. So all of a sudden, I just stood up and said, stand to your feet and come to the altar. Now, silence hit the church again. All of a sudden, it was just as quiet as could be. It seemed like it was for an hour, but it probably only lasted for a few seconds. Then I started to think that this could be the most embarrassing thing that I'd ever done because here I am calling forth these people, in particular, certain people, to come forward and give their life to Christ. And I didn't even know who was out there. This There was silence in the church for just, just a short time. And all of a sudden, a young woman stood up and walked up the front, tears running down her cheeks. Again, there was silence. So I told the congregation there was still one more woman who needed to accept Jesus. Almost instantly, a middle-aged woman ran to the front of the church, also crying and asking the Lord to forgive her. There I was, a banker, leading worship, an ex-rock and roll drummer, leading worship with no experience in how to handle a situation like this in a church service. Pastor Soul came to my aid and prayed with the two ladies to give their hearts to Jesus. Now I realize what I have just covered may be a little shocking to some of you today. Think about how I must have felt in that situation. Now first of all, I was obedient to the silent whisper of the Holy Spirit. And he's the one who made this wonderful event take place. He was the one that brought in the generosity of God. These two ladies understood for the first time in their life the generosity of God in the form of giving his son Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for their sins. And they came forward and humbly received that. And I give God praise and all glory for that happening. To this day, it brings incredible memories to my life. You see, without the Holy Spirit drawing individuals to accept Christ, we would never have been able to become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that applied to them. Now, after church, Pastor Stoll told me that he had not seen anyone except Jesus as Lord and Savior for a long time. He believed this would be the beginning of a revival at the Sierra Vista Assembly of God Church. Then he told me that the city of Sierra Vista had experienced several church splits, and he believed this event would start the leading 
that city to revival and that revival would break forth in our church. And from that day forward, the church began to grow. It really did. Within a few weeks, we went from 30 to 60 attending on Sundays. In a few months, the church had over 100 people filling all the pews up in that little church. Every Sunday, the people had to stand up against the walls inside the church to have an opportunity to see and be a part of what God was doing in that little church. That's when I felt the call of God to go into full-time ministry as a pastor someday in the future. You know, that Sierra Vista church continued to grow and today has a sanctuary that seats 500 congregants. What a blessing it was to be there. Now, I've given you this story not because I want to boast about anything, just, just the opposite, absolutely opposite of that. What I'm trying to point out to you is that God used someone with a negative attitude. That was me. Someone that saw no hope in that little church. That was me. Someone who was getting ready to walk away and turn his back on a church that was in need. That was me. And just because the Holy Spirit called me didn't mean that I was going to accept that call. My wife and I knew that this was the place that we were supposed to be, but we had no idea what God had in store for us. And I look back at those days and I think of how negative I was and yet how wonderful God was and how he poured out his generosity on me, on that local church, and a revival broke forth. That's where I first got my taste of pastoring a church. I was a little nervous about it. Matter of fact, I was kind of scared about it. I was afraid. (laughs) I was kind of scared. I kind of thought, Lord, I don't know about this pastoring stuff. I need to get back to the bank and make some money and have a successful career. So I'll be honest with you. Just because I was called didn't mean I accepted it right away. I basically took a number of years before I felt the calling of the Lord come back again and remind me that it was time for me to step forward. So I believe some of you out there right now need to adjust an attitude. Maybe an attitude about maybe you don't like the singing in your church or you're not particularly excited about the way the pastor preaches or maybe you're bothered because someone in the church looked at you funny or possibly the church music is too loud or the pastor asks for money too often. Whatever it might be, let all that go and let the Holy Spirit work on you and and minister to you and help you to see the blessings of the Lord. I just want you to be a blessing to a local church, to be a blessing to a congregation. They all need you. There's churches all over the world who need people to stand up and be a blessing and look at that church and say, what's in it for me in the way of helping the church? How can I be a blessing to this church? How can I be generous to this church? in addition to giving financially, but be a blessing of being there on time, being faithful, bringing people to the house of God, inviting the lost people and seeing people receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's an amazing life of God's generosity being poured out upon you and the local church. So I hope this has helped you. I think I might continue a little bit on talking about the significance of generosity in the local church. I'm going to pray about it after this podcast is over and maybe the next podcast we may continue the story because there's some great stories where we can see God's generosity falling on local churches and blessing people in those congregations who are a blessing to the work of the Lord. So with that, I'm just going to pray and ask the Lord to bless you and believe that he's going to pour out a blessing that you won't even be able to handle. It's going to be so great. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this lesson. I didn't know that I was going to give that whole testimony. I had no intentions of doing that whole thing. 
But Father, I believe the Spirit of God led me. Because I believe there's people out there today who needed that, who needed to hear that, and needed to know that they can be a blessing to the local church, that they can use what they have, either their finances or their talent or their faithfulness, Lord, whatever it might be, Lord, and be a blessing to the work of the Lord. So I pray now that you would pour out a blessing upon them, Father, and that you would open up their eyes to see where they could be a part, Father, of your church. I thank you for it, God, and I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. Father, that you would pour out a blessing upon them, Father, where they would then know, Lord, that they can be used of the Lord, that you have a plan for them. And Lord, I give you praise for it and give you all the glory. And Lord, if there's people out there who feel that they're not qualified, Lord, I pray they'll run to that scripture where it basically says that you qualify the called, Father. If they're called, Father, you're going to bless them and take them through it. I thank you for that now and give you all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Before I close out this, I just want you to think of something. You ever thought about the what-ifs of life? The what-ifs? What if my wife and I had driven away from that church? What if we would have allowed our attitude of the church not looking pretty on the outside to rob us of God's calling in our life? What if we had not gone in there and met those people and seen how kind and loving they were? What if we wouldn't have allowed ourselves to be used to the Lord to to be a part of that church? Please don't look at me as saying someone who's got it all and the Holy Ghost directs me in everything that I do because I'm certainly a man who's failed in certain areas of my life. I've sinned in my life as we all have. But I can tell you this, I look back on those days and I thank God for it. And I'm so thankful that my wife and I listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that now you would listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in whatever phase of life that you're in, whether you're retired, whether you're in school, whether you're newly married, whether you're single, whatever it might be, listen to the still, quiet voice of the Holy Spirit and He will lead you into a realm of God's blessing and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how God wants to bring forth a great blessing of generosity into your life. I believe it's going to happen in Jesus' name. I do. Amen. Once again, I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope this podcast has helped you see how the Holy Spirit can move in our lives and receive the generosity of God. And I believe he does it so many times in the local church. And he built his church so that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And I believe that God wants us to be a part of the local church. So with that, I'd like to encourage you, if you want to know more about understanding the generosity of God and understanding generosity and what's in it for us, you could go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com, and you'll see that book on that webpage. In addition to that, there's a couple of other books that I've written that you may find interesting. One is entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. It's a I believe a godly plan to show you how to become debt-free. In addition to that, I've written a book in, on faith entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing, based upon the promise that God made to Abraham. He made a promise that Abraham and Sarah would become the parents, if you will, of many nations. And that came to pass, even though they were elderly and had no ability to give life, and God brought life into them so that they could then see the call of God work in their life. And God called forth something that was not and made it as though it was. So that book, I believe, will help your faith. In addition to that, if you have veterans that you know that could be blessed, I've written a couple books on my experiences as a Vietnam veteran, and then my experiences when I came back from Vietnam many years later, wound up fighting multiple myeloma, a 
incurable blood cancer like leukemia and God has healed me of that and also how I had to deal with PTSD which is something that many soldiers have to deal with today. So they're helpful. They're not bragging or boasting about anything that I've done. They're just simply tools I think that'll help veterans. So with that, I hope that you'll look at, look into it and that'll be a blessing to you. In addition to that, if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So I want to close with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you.